Hi, friend, and welcome to the Temple Care Podcast. This is a place where we take a faith-based approach to mental and physical health. I am your host, Erica Pizzo. I've got a dear friend on today. She has been on the podcast a few times, um, and she is just such a light um, in her community and what she's doing. Um, her name's Emily, Emily Kark. She's the founder of Learning to Live Beloved Ministries. Um, so Emily, thanks for being here today. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. I always enjoy our conversations. Me too. And we decided to do a podcast together today because Emily came out with a new book called Dear Beloved. And I've been so touched by this book. She actually sent me a few excerpts of it before she released it. And every time she would send me one, I would cry. So <laughs> she, you remember those, right? You remember yeah, sending me a few. So I thought today we could kind of just talk about like, because I actually talk to a lot of people that come up to me and they say like, when they have heard that I've written books, they go, oh, I would have loved to write a book. You know, I, I, I have the book written, a lot of people say, but, but I don't know how to publish it. And I just, I would love to hear your story of how God kind of led you to this place where you were like, I have the words for this and I want to put it out there. Wow, that's that's a hard question because I've always loved to write and I even have up in the attic still this little um, hole punch taped bound together book, some little romance novel I wrote when I was a teen because I just, <laughs> I've always been a writer of these journals that are chicken scratch and spell terribly, but I, I just, I've always loved to write. And in 2020 during COVID, um, God just nudge my heart to get back online, to get back and have a presence there and to speak light and truth. And I didn't really want to do it, honestly. But when I did, um, I started writing all these things, just this outpouring of words. And at one point, God nudged my heart. He's like, you need to collect all of those and put them somewhere. And when I did, I had all these writings that were written in a tone as if God is speaking to us. And I had dubbed them Dear Beloved. And those are some of the ones I had sent to you, Erica. And it kind of was you as well saying like, you got to write these, you got to put them in a book. I need to read these again. That really was like, okay, that nudge to, to do it and collect them and write a few more and have the courage to get them out there. And again, Erica, you've championed me in this as well as helping teach me how to even self-publish on Amazon. Yeah. So it kind of just like it happened. I yeah. don't know. I didn't have a plan for it. It just happened. Yeah. I love that. It, it's like when God wants to do something, like he puts it forward like and he yes. he opens the doors and you don't have to I think a lot of times we worry like how am I going to do this like I, and you feel like you're on your own but it's yep. really him opening those doors and leading you to those places and it takes a little bit of faith to jump into those places but it's like he definitely opened the doors you know? absolutely yeah absolutely. so tell me how this has kind of how have you connected like personally with the things that you're writing like for this like what, what kind of inspired that for your writings in this? So dear beloved, some of them are inspired by other people, conversations I've had with other people and things I shared with them. So someone comes to me talking about anxiety or depression or hopelessness. And I, 
I ask God, what should I should say? And, and he gives me scripture and I pour out words. I have the gift of encouragement. I love to encourage. Mm-hmm. And as I would look back over mostly in text, I'd be like, wow, I think someone else might need to hear this too. I might need to hear it again too. And so I'd write those down. So some of these are literally inspired by dear sisters in Christ who struggle like all of us. And the other ones are me. They were written for me, journal entries, um, times I've been sobbing over the word of God and, and, and just saying, God, like, I don't feel your love. I don't feel you here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've rejected me completely the way that the people around me have. And so it, they're really just letters that are, if God was sitting right here next to me and he is right. And mm-hmm. we have his scripture, his inspired word. What would he say? What what is all of the uh, all of this saying to me? And that's what each of these entries are trying to speak to those different what ifs and those different down seasons. Um, what would he say if he's right here with us? And so as I have wrestled through knowing and believing and living beloved, um, it, it birthed these writings that I hope will speak to other people and remind them that they are beloved too. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I. I've always wondered, I've actually never asked you this before, but, and we didn't plan this, so I hope you (laughs) have an answer. Um, but I've always wondered, like, I mean, personally for me, it would, it would be hard to write. And I do this sometimes too. I write from the perspective of God and I'm not saying that I am God by right, but you want to touch someone in the way that God would touch them. And so did you have any fears like releasing this and thinking like I'm writing from the perspective of God and this is scary? Like I know for me, some I, like in my background, I know there are some people that would have been like, you cannot write stuff like this because you're not God and don't put words in his mouth. Like, and I hear those haters like in my head. I mean, I don't know if you struggle with that at all. Like, but I mean, to for that to stop you, that would have been horrible because like these these letters are so beautiful. Like, and I think that would have been the enemy, you know, trying to stop you, but like, tell me, did you struggle with that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I actually had not thought of it until like the week I was about to publish because every (laughs) time I wrote one of these, it truly was so Holy spirit inspired. And Mm. I felt so much confident that these were his words. And again, I'm as you said, like, I'm not saying like, I just rewrote the Bible, not that at all, but that he was the inspiration in my humanity to, to speak some truth. And so it wasn't until I got the cover and I wrestled with the cover too, because no one knows what Jesus looks like or God looks like and all Mm -hmm. these things. And so I got the cover and it was all together. I'm like, Oh no, people are going to hate me. Like (laughs) I cannot, I cannot say I'm speaking for God and I'm not trying to, um, this is my human version of, um, a culmination of scriptures that have touched my heart. And so, yeah, it definitely concerned a little still concerned. Like I do not want people to think that I'm saying I'm rewriting scripture or anything like that. Um, but I just kind of had to push past it and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and believe that, that God was blessing this and is blessing this and will bless people through it, not because of the way I've written, but because his scripture is in this and his scripture has inspired this. So his Holy Spirit will use that to touch people. Yeah. Um, and that's the point of it, right? You know, so it's not, it's not me. It's not how well I've rewritten the Bible because it's not the point. It's that his Holy Spirit inspired these things. So he will speak to each person through it the way that they need to hear beyond mm. what 
what I've written. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And it is kind of overcoming a fear of people pleasing there. And just, (laughs) and I've, I've noticed that God's had me do that a lot with my writing. Like I just sometimes have to push post, even though I know it could upset some people or, but you're obedient to the Lord at the end of the day. That's who you're writing for. He's, he's the one you're writing for. Um, and so tell me like how, because I know you have started this incredible ministry, Learning to Live Beloved. And so tell me how you've used the book in your ministry, because I know you kind of had an opportunity there. Um, share how God brought that about, like what happened there. So, you know, the book is Dear Beloved. The word beloved is special to me because I have a background in shame and sexual sin and indiscretions that I'm not proud of and yet grateful for the testimony and knowing that God is a God who heals and restores over and over and over and that ultimately covered in the blood of Jesus my name is beloved and so all those other names flee at the name of Jesus and so through that I kind of just had this last last year so it's over a year ago now I just had this line in my head like learning to live beloved, owning your belovedness. And I'm like, God, what is this? What does this mean? What is this for? Is this for my books? Is this for a nonprofit? And I had a feeling it was nonprofit, but I didn't know what it was. So fast forward to now, um, in the last year, God has allowed me to start a ministry, a nonprofit called Learning to Live Beloved Ministries, which is serving um, victims of human sex trafficking by providing them uh, emergency housing in my county. Um, And so through that, the book is really neat because one of the letters in it um, is written, inspired by a survivor of human sex trafficking and written to her. And that letter originally before the book was finished went into something called Angel Packs, part of the ministry that I do partners with another nonprofit. And we create little blue bags with clothes and toiletries and personal items to be given to survivors upon recovery um, from the industry. And that letter was so graciously given to each of those women in that pack. And that alone, before the book was published, like my heart was so overjoyed because Mm. I knew my letter was going to hundreds of women. And that was even before I published my first first book. So like literally God made me an author before the world ever made me an author. And that was such a precious, humbling, beautiful moment that God's like, you do not need the accolades. You Mm. do not need um, the prestige. You don't need the money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you an author and I'm going to get it to people who need it. But now that the book is done, that single letter has been replaced by the entire book. And I donate the books to that part of the ministry. Um, my part, the partnering ministry just pays for the printing and shipping was, which is a very small fee. Um, and eventually hopefully my ministry will take that over once we have a little more money. But, um, other than that, like I don't, I don't make any money off the book. I don't charge anything above what it costs to print and ship them. And, they go into those angel packs. So Mm -hmm. um, the partner in this, Fierce Love for Good, that does these angel packs with me, they purchased 300 of these books. I donated 300 of the books to them. And that is incredible right there because I know Mm -hmm. that even though, again, no money was made, that overjoys my heart that 300 women are going to get to read this and hear how much God loves them. It is just such an incredible opportunity to me and just blows me away. Like it's literally better than being best-selling author of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Because 
this is who I wrote the book for. I wrote the book for the woman like me who was trapped in shame. And no, I wasn't trafficked. I don't know that level of trauma and abuse, but I know being taken advantage of. I know being exploited for um, my vulnerabilities and weaknesses and someone taking my desperation for a father's love and twisting it and manipulating it for their benefit. Mm. And so I want that outcast woman, that woman that thinks she's too far gone, that thinks that she has done too much or too much has been done to her. And there's this tangled web of lies to walk out what it means to learn to live beloved. And then on top of that, you have to continue to live beloved, which is something I'm wrestling through personally myself. Mm. Um, in my journey thinking that not that I had arrived, but that like, it finally clicked. I got it. God loves me. I'm good. And then the testing comes and I sit here running this ministry and publishing this book and kind of chuckling to myself that uh, chuckling, crying that I'm now wrestling with. Do I really believe that I'm beloved no matter what the enemy throws at me today or mm. how I feel? So it's learning to live beloved and then to live <laughs> beloved after you learn you are so I'm still in that process writing this book running this ministry speaking to these women working with these women talking to any of you um I don't want anyone to ever think because God has gifted me these certain titles that I longed for that now I'm I'm different or better I'm not I'm still learning to live beloved we all are yeah yeah um, that's so good. I, I think I see that a lot in things that I write too. It's like, I'm writing to people who suffer from mental health stuff, but I myself still have days where I suffer too. Um, you know, and sometimes it's daily. It's just, but God didn't call me to do this when I was totally healed and better and had no problems. He called me to write and do this in the middle of it all. And I think, to anyone out there who's listening who's ever thought about writing a book or thought about putting their story out there or posting something, don't think that God can't use you like right now because we're not ever going to arrive until we get to heaven, right? We're not going to be completely perfect, healed, like whole until we get to heaven. On the way there, we still have to share our story even in the messiness of it. And I just love how you do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I would love it if you could. I don't know if you could pick one of your devotionals to read to us because I would just love for the audience to hear that. It's so sure. encouraging. Um, I have one here that I thought of today if we had time to share with because I know that your podcast is about mental and physical health. So I have one that I specifically wrote speaking to someone struggling with mental health, something that I can relate to 100%. So it's written for myself and it's written for you. And so, um, you know, I know that we're on this podcast and you're in California. I'm on the other side of the country and I don't know where the listener is, but you're in your new cozy sweater that you <laughs> are creating, your Christmas one. And I have my um, daughter, Your Faith Has Made You Well. So we're just going to be cozy here and read this. And wherever you are, I hope that it speaks to you. Um, dear beloved, when anxiety starts to creep in again and all you want to do is crawl back into bed, would you call out to me? Do not hide your face in shame or fear of what I may say or think. I do not condemn you for struggling, nor for being human. In fact, I felt all the things you feel, and I can relate to all the things that think that you think make you weak. 
When depression haunts you in the night and threatens to snuff out your life, do not be fooled into believing that this is a burden you must dutifully bear. The brokenness of this world was never my intention for you. I sent my son to the cross for you to bring relief to the grief that you experience on this side of eternity. His life was given to secure your hope when you feel so hopeless. You are not the sum of your worst days. You are not defined by the fear or the doubt nor the diagnosis you've been given. Yes, you will bump into these shards of the curse while you're here in the waiting, but they do not define you. Don't get stuck here and believing the enemy's lies that you will be consumed by the darkness that threatens your existence. The enemy does not get the final say over your life. I do. Your Savior has called you by name and you are mine. Only I get to define who you are and the purposes for your life. As you journey through the inevitable ups and downs, accept the grace I offer you and speak it boldly over yourself. Do not confuse the judgment and condemnation from the world with my compassion and constantly loving heart. I have not cursed you with this struggle. I have crowned you with it so that you would rely on me. As you surrender your story and your fears, my heart is that you would allow me to take all of your burden, your broken pieces, and to transform them into a glorious testimony, one that will bring comfort to so many around you. I have not forgotten you here in the mess and the manic. When everyone else walks away and casts you aside, turn to me. Oh, please, my child, won't you turn to me? I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I hold the pen, and I am surely not through with writing a good and perfect plan for your life. When the enemy tempts you to give up and walk away, take one more look for me and your story. Then you will see that you never once walked alone. Love, the Prince of Peace. And the verse I have with this is Psalms 94, 18 to 19. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Ooh, it's so good. It's so good, Emily. I love these. Each one has has spoke to me in such a different way. Like, and it's usually something that I'm dealing with that very day when I pick it up and read it. I just love that. It, it shows that the Holy Spirit is in this, you know, that. Yes. So tell yeah. me, like, I actually wonder, how do you pick the name, like the names of God at the end? Um, so there was a book and I believe I referenced it in the back. Let me see what book it was. Um, yeah, it's called Names of God, right? Yes, Names of God. Yeah. So I had been, I think my husband gave it to me. It was this little pamphlet with the names of God that I had been reading through and studying as I was editing the book. And I thought, man, it would be so cool instead of just signing it, God, to put a little bit different spin and to put the different names of God. Like the one has love, Jehovah Roy, mm-hmm. um, your shepherd. And so maybe some people don't know, as I didn't know, what does Elohim mean? Mm. Um, what does Jehovah Shema mean? And so putting those in a little hyphen and then what that means, your companion, your shepherd, your God, the existing one, um, so that it gives God is so amazing and so finite and his names mean something and they mean something for us today. And Mm -hmm. so to take it a little bit deeper, realizing that name attributed to that character of God that is spoken about in that um, passage and in what I've written, I just hope kind of drives that home and makes that letter even more intimate to the reader because the God of peace Mm. speaks of 
the God of provision. Um, he's not just God up in the sky, um, aloof and doesn't care or an angry ogre. He's a God of intentionality and a God that loves you right where you are um, with a name that encompasses literally ever every thought, fear, or feeling we could have. His character speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm reading through uh, Tony Evans' book, Praying the Names of God. And in the morning, like, I've been waking up like 10 minutes before my kids have to get up for school. So I have such a short window to get my coffee and like, and I'm like, I know I should make more time. I will eventually, but it's like right now I'm just so exhausted. But, um, what I do is I just read one of the names and then I speak it out loud and I just say, thank you, Lord. And I just feel like I'm speaking it over my day, you know, and I just, I love how you sign each of these letters with, um, a special name because, I mean, before I read that book, I didn't know all of those names. I had heard of some of them, but I had never really looked into all those. And I, I love that you write those out. That's so special. Well, let me know. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, anything else about the book or your ministry? I know you're doing, you're building a house right now, right, for your ministry. Can you share about that a little bit? Sure. So someone very early on, before we had even got our 501c3 status, um, offered us a house rent-free, and it's quite a bit of work, so we're looking to raise funds to do that. But it's just been amazing to watch God provide and bring up um, every everything that we need, every time we have needed money or we have needed a person to fill a certain role. God has done that. Even just the people he's brought this week. Um, we have a vision event in January and God is bringing all these pieces together. And we just got a new board member. We've got some volunteers. And for me, that does my heart so much good yeah. because something that is dead is not growing. So this is clearly alive and right. God is on it and bringing the right people. Um, so we, we are working on a house that will house three women for four to six weeks um, upon leaving the industry, whatever that looks like for her, wherever she is in need, and then we'll help connect her with long-term services that will um, help her find that whole restoration in Jesus that she so longs for. Mm, I love that, friend. I'm so proud of you. Like, I just, I'm just so proud of what God's doing in your life, and I know it took such big steps of faith to get here, (laughs) and there have been times where we have talked, and we've just been like, what are we doing? You know, it's, it's, is God even in this? And he has been in this the whole time. But I think sometimes we worry that he's not or that we're abandoned or, and that's why this book is such a beautiful reminder that he's always with us. He's always right beside us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me close us in prayer. Um, thanks for being on today, Emily. I really appreciate it. It was a blessing. All right. Let me pray. Jesus, I, Praise you for Emily. Praise you for um, creating her, for putting so many gifts inside her, and just for this beautiful book that is now in existence, um, a love letter um, from you to us, Jesus. I thank you for your heart to pursue us and love us wherever we are, however dark our circumstances are, however our heart feels. um, You are always there to pursue us and love on us and give us life through your word. And I just praise you for Emily's book that this has been um, such a blessing to my heart and has um, helped me grow deeper with you. I pray that anyone that purchases this book today or finds it or goes to her ministry website, Lord, that they would just be so blessed um, to know that you love them and you love your children, Lord. And 
I just pray for Emily and her life and her ministry that you would bless it um, and that you would continue to work through her um, to do mighty things for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Erica. All right, friends, that's it for today. I am going to put the link for Emily's book and for her ministry if you want to check things out um, below. Also, where can people follow you, Emily? Um, so me personally, um, on Instagram and Facebook, Emily Kark. Um, my website's the same, emilykark.com. For the ministry, you can go to our website, www.livebeloved.org. And from there, you can click on our socials and find us and follow us. Awesome. I love your Instagram because Emily puts out writings on there and it's just like, it's such a great interruption from what Instagram is. Like, I'm just going to say, like, it is exactly what you need in your feed to remind you of God's love and to interrupt your day and to have a moment with him. I think he meets us on social media sometimes. Like, I honestly do. I don't think he's like, not in that. Like, I really do feel like he does that through your writing. So um, follow her on there and check her out. So thanks for being on today, Emily. I so appreciate it. Thank you. All right, friends. I will see you next time.